if you hadn't picked up a outline for this morning's portion, it's uh, basically the second half of chapter six in the book. Uh, and if you don't have a book, or if you would just like to borrow one for the class period, there are a few more up here uh, that uh, that you may take or borrow, as the case may be. Uh, but there are uh, sheets on the back table uh, that outline the, the teaching for the second half of chapter 6. Uh, one of the things that I would recommend for this book, um, not so much that you meditate upon it the way that you would meditate upon Scripture, that meditating upon Scripture is, of course, uh, an, uh, an act of worship, uh, first and foremost. Uh, but the book still reads a little bit like his THM thesis. Uh, the gathering together of uh, all of the quotes and all the uh, from all the different Puritan men uh, on biblical meditation, and uh, it's not poorly arranged or anything like that. And uh, there are moments of uh, application and advice, uh, but many of the quotes themselves uh, are dense, meaning uh, the. Uh, the quote may just be a sentence and a half long, but each phrase uh, requires some thought to really understand what that man was saying and what um, Saxton uh, is saying. Uh, so what I've done is I've, uh, I've not really included very many quotes uh, as we're going to consider it together this morning, but I have uh, tried to give you a uh, thematic outline. Uh, the two main sections that we'll be covering are the importance of consistency in meditation. Uh, this is different than, by the way, the importance of feeling, importance of feeling guilty about inconsistency in meditation. Uh, this is designed to, uh, to help us, to spur us uh, on that if you do not consistently meditate on Scripture, you would begin now, you would begin today. What is a better day for doing that than the Lord's Day? Uh, you will be helped uh, in the assembly to do so, so long as you are here. Uh, and then, uh, hopefully, in whatever small societies, smaller societies, uh, you would draw to when you are done in the assembly. Uh, and, of course, the smaller society most of us will withdraw to is our household, our family, uh, then we will be helping and helped by one another to, to meditate upon Scripture. This is the day for that. Um, uh, so begin today and then continue tomorrow uh, and so forth. But uh, the importance of consistency uh, and then uh, steps in beginning effective meditation. Uh, and it's basically a how-to, the things that should not be uh, left out whenever we come to meditate upon the Bible. Uh, and I hope to help especially the children, although there may be some, some here who are in the place that, uh, uh, that I was probably up until I started meeting some of these uh, older men in seminary. Uh, people told me that I should have a Bible reading time growing up. People told me that I should have uh, daily devotions. No one walked me through what that looks like and why and how. Uh, and so there was a big part of my interaction with God that was left, uh, sadly, to my personal ignorance. 
uh, and in the place of knowledge uh, was sentiment. Uh, so I would come and I would do my devotions, and some days I would really feel warmly about God, uh, and I would feel like I got a lot out of it when it was primarily a warm feeling. And not that there's, not that that feeling is wrong. Uh, you do actually get to spend time with God, and uh, and that should affect you emotionally. Um, but if you're not interacting with God in the means that He has given us to do so, over the truths, the true way or the uh, the true presentation of Himself that He gives to you in the Bible, uh, then we run the risk, and I'm sure that I did this many, many, many times in my life, uh, of having feelings about ideas or feelings about figments, not actually interacting with the true and living God, uh, or to a large extent not interacting with Him, but He mercifully drawing near to me anyway, uh, because uh, our uh, ignorance and our sinfulness uh, is not so great as his mercy. Uh, but I was not taught uh, how to meditate upon the Bible. So if the children in particular will be paying attention, and I will try to remember you in particular, uh, as we talk about importance and consistency in meditation uh, and the steps for beginning effective meditation. The first thing that makes consistency in meditation important is because God says so. Uh, on his law, he meditates day and night, he says, about the blessed man. Uh, and we know that the blessed man, of course, is Christ. Uh, none of us with a right spirit-assisted view of ourselves is going to read Psalm 1 and say, oh, yeah, that's a great portrait of me. Um, no, uh, it is a portrait of Jesus, but praise God, those whom he joins to his son, whom he saves by his son, he conforms to the image of his son. Uh, and so it will be more and more the portrait of the believer who has come that way first by the entrance that we have at the end of Psalm 2, kissing the son yielding to him for righteousness, like we're going to uh, hear about uh, midweek sermon this week. Uh, blessed are all who place their trust in him. Uh, and so we come back to, to Psalm 1, uh, and we hear that God says, you should meditate on his word day and night. Uh, it's not just a rhetorical poetic flourish. Uh, it's not only a... Uh, a uh, a merism uh, where like we say from A to Z or front to back day and night you name the bookends and it includes everything in between but it's also very specifically what God has given evening for and morning for uh, and uh, whether for us individually uh, or as families what uh, he made us to be people who have to lay down and rise up uh, for us to function. Uh, we need to be unconscious for approximately a third of our lives, which is wonderfully humiliating, uh, although we don't take the hint and we're still too self-sufficient and too proud. God forgive us. Uh, but one of the things that he's then given to us 
in doing that is he is built in uh, when you rise up times and when you lie down times. And so the Bible teaches us that we are supposed to meditate on his words day and night. <clears throat> uh, children who have not yet professed your faith, when you come to profess your faith, one of the first questions, perhaps the first question that you will be asked is, why do you want to confess Christ before men? Why do you want to come to the Lord's table? And the first great easiest answer is because God said so. Now, God is merciful. He wants us to be motivated by truth. He wants us to be motivated by love for him. He wants us to be motivated by uh, a right view of ourselves and our neediness. He wants us to be motivated by promises that are attached to the performances of what he says to do. He even mercifully motivates us by threatenings that are attached uh, to what, uh, what is wrong. Uh, motivations are complex. Uh, if it was only ever right to do things uh, uh, out of, uh, out of uh, mere, uh, entirely out of mere uh, love for God, which that ought to be the first and great desire uh, in each of us. But if it was wrong to have uh, other motivations underneath that and subsidiary to that, then the Lord would not motivate us with all of those things in the Bible. Um, and yet, God said it should always be enough for us. I don't have to understand how and why in order to start doing something that God has said. It is good for me to continue learning how and why. Uh, and for instance, many of you have had that experience with Sabbath keeping uh, in the way instructed the end of Isaiah 58, really in the way instructed in Genesis 2, and in the, uh, the two great commandments, especially as the first great commandment climaxes with, uh, with the Sabbath and all of those things. But many of you have had the experience of uh, God says so, being good enough to make a start in it, uh, and you have found that just as he said, calling the Sabbath uh, a delight uh, has led to uh, delighting in the Sabbath and delighting uh, in the Lord. Uh, so meditating consistently is important because the Bible teaches it. Meditating consistently is important because it improves meditation. Uh, the first time you do something, uh, uh, you uh, do not have the same experience of it as the tenth or the hundredth or the ten thousandth time that you do something. Uh, many of you have had this experience with lots of different things in life, uh, whether uh, athletics or music or arithmetic. Um, and so there's a quote on page 57 uh, to 58. Uh, in fact, um, this was the typo. Did you all... Uh, Yes, at the top of 58, like most other, it should be other, not others, things in life. Meditation like most other uh, things in life. I don't know why I uh, enjoy finding typos. Um, it, uh, it's kind of like God's blessing for paying attention, right? You, you feel like he helped you see something. 
Um, meditation, like most other things in life, requires practice. The more consistently the believer practices, the greater success he will have in it. Those who gain the most from sermons are those who most consistently hear them. And those who gain the most benefit from meditation are those most practiced in it. Um, you know, bonus, uh, bonus offhand line there uh, uh, on the sermons. You know, he was already a minister when he was doing his THM. I wonder uh, if he was getting at the time complaints about you know from people not getting things out of sermons. Um, but those, of course, were the same people who only attended one sermon a week and couldn't wait for it to be over and barely paid attention while they were under it. Uh, the more sermons you hear, uh, the better you get at hearing sermons. Uh, well, just being bodily present doesn't enable you. But the most sermons, the more sermons that you give yourself to hearing, the more you become skilled in the uh, in the practice of interacting with God in His Word preached, uh, giving your heart and mind up to the Scriptures as they're being opened and proclaimed. Um, yeah, uh, I think we've mentioned on, on some occasions um, that uh, you know, in Geneva under Calvin you could hear seven sermons a week. Uh, there were there was during the further Reformation our, our brother uh, Christian showed me a passage out of a book that he was reading on the Dutch further Reformation, and there were cities in the Netherlands uh, in the early 17th century where the Reformed churches got together and agreed to stagger their service times so that someone who wanted to could begin hearing sermons early in the morning and go from church to church and get five, six, seven sermons, uh, just going from one to the other and just sit under God's word all day long in the worship of God. Uh, Phil. Well, the minister needs to catch up and actually finish the devotionals in time for them to be published in the booklet. There is, and, and praise God, the more we use the Bible, and this is the point, not just in sermons, uh, but especially in personal meditation uh, upon God's word, the more we do it, the more God blesses it to us, the more we get out of it every time. Uh, there's a similar mutual reinforcing. Um, you know, the, as you read each text in the Bible, uh, you need to read it in the context of the whole. The better you know the whole, the better you will know each text. But as God grows you in the understanding of each of those texts, get what, guess what you get to know better and better? The whole. And so there's that mutual reinforcing. Well, so it is with our times uh, of meditating upon his word. Uh, and uh, he gives a quote, uh, I don't remember from whom, uh, it's not a point, one of, the, uh, one of the mistakes that you could make coming away from the book is uh, to think that it's a book about all these men that he quotes, uh, they're just helpers. Um, the vast majority, if not all of them, would be horrified to, uh, to be lionized themselves. I don't know if you ever see little documentaries on the Reformation, and they always 
uh, show the four statues of the reformers who would have had uh, varying responses from revulsion to demolition, um, depending on which of the four you're talking about um, at, the, at the four statues. But, so he quotes someone and he gives uh, at least these three words in which meditating upon the Bible more enables us to meditate upon the Bible more profitably, to get more out of it. Uh, and so children, uh, I hope that as mom and dad teach you to do hard things in life, uh, you never, when you come to some new thing or some newer thing, because of the difficulty of the thing, uh, decide that it is not worth doing, um, particularly if, if mom and dad have told you that it's worth doing, which does put some obligation on mom and dad to do this only with things that are worth doing. Uh, but the greatest thing that is worth doing is meditating upon the Bible. And if you find it hard at first, do not be surprised. That just means you are not Jesus. Uh, every single one of us uh, have had, uh, apart from Christ, well, not apart from Christ, other than Christ. Uh, well, I guess it is uh, apart from Christ we find it impossible. But every single, uh, every single one of us have had the experience of it being very difficult to meditate well upon the Word of God at first, in part because we don't know about God very well. Uh, we don't know the wonderful truths and doctrines uh, that are so rich and so important. Uh, blood has been spilled over them, not just uh, because people like to spill blood, although that is true and happens uh, sometimes in church history, uh, but blood has been spilled over truths about God and about and about Christ, and about his church, about the way that we are saved, because these are things that are that valuable. Well, if one of the reasons that we don't get much out of meditating is that we don't know theology about God very well, well, guess what is one of the things that he gives you by meditating upon his word? He gives you to understand more clearly, more, the more thoroughly, the truths about himself. But it's not just knowing about him to whom we come when we meditate upon his word. There's also the benefit of knowing him himself, because he's a person. He's, he's not an idea. He's not a, a theory in, uh, of, uh, in higher mathematics. He's a person. Uh, Jesus and the fellowship that he's been having with his father as he meditates on the Bible in the wilderness, and the devil comes, and he says, if you are the Son of God, he could have just stopped right there. Because he's been meditating upon Scripture as, what did Jesus say about Scripture? From Scripture. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so Jesus isn't just remembering things about God, and learning, growing in wisdom, he did that too, didn't he? Doesn't he? Uh, uh, in his humanity. He's not just growing in, in knowing things about God. He is knowing God himself. He's enjoying the fellowship of God. Well, if we don't know God that well, you know, each of us knows different people to different extents. Uh, there are some people that we are acquainted with their name. There are some people that we have interacted with a couple of times. There are some people that we are occasional friends with. There are some people that we have the fellowship uh, of our life with in our household. Uh, there is one person 
uh, with whom we are or hope one day to be, or have been, as the case uh, may have been, uh, one flesh, and we have a shared life. Well, there is also uh, different levels of, or a continuum of, knowing God himself. Some of you have read uh, Packer's book, Knowing God. Uh, I think it opens uh, with an illustration of a conversation he had with a man who, um, I forget if he was just expelled from the faculty of a seminary or experienced some rejection uh, of some sort. And um, Dr. Packer was trying to comfort him. Uh, and uh, his friend kind of rather simply said, well, it's okay. He, uh, I forget what, I can't really paraphrase what he said, but the implication was that he was more than compensated by knowing God himself. Uh, that it wasn't just arguments about God. He knew God personally. Well, one of the things that often bothers us when we come to meditate upon God's word, when we come to have devotional times, is that we don't seem to know anyone at that time. We feel like we are alone. Uh, or we can't get our minds going. When we try to pray, uh, we can't even uh, collect the thoughts that we should be praying or form the feelings. And, uh, and we try and make some words, but they yeah, come out of our mouths and <laughs> sink to the ground like lead. <laughs> uh, and we feel that we have no knowledge of God. Well, meditating upon his word is how God gives you to know God. And the more you do it, the more you know him, the more profit you're going to get out of meditating upon his word. But if you, if you make, if it's false start after false start, you, you fire it up and you, you jerk the car forward and it dies, uh, all you're going to do is uh, drain the battery. So the more we meditate on his word, the more we know God himself. The more we meditate on his word, the easier that we find it to do so. Uh, and that goes back to the skill building idea. We need more knowledge of God, more fellowship with him and with the truth about him than merely that will make us able to be conversant. Children, if you are primarily focused on what other people think of you, then you will be satisfied to know your catechism and to know your memory verses, to be able to give a couple phrases of a good answer when somebody asks you. But don't be focused on what other people think of you. Be focused on knowing God himself. Desire to meditate upon his word with so much consistency day by day that what you are receiving is not to be accepted with others at church and approved of by your parents, but to have God himself by his word. Uh, this is what we're going after, and uh, this is something that does not come apart from consistency, day after day, uh, hopefully morning and evening. It was very interesting that he sneaks into this portion of the chapter. He's already done a, at what time should we meditate? Uh, and he was like, most 
said in the morning, others said in the evening, and then he, he comes in this section and he says, uh, they almost all say to begin and end the day with it. Then he says, modern believers uh, will find this over-scrupulous. Well, you almost want to put the air quotes on, uh, well, there's not air quotes since it's in the book. You almost put, want to put quotes on the word believers, don't you? Uh, I, we can substitute modern for uh, immature, atrophied, gross-stunted, barely. I mean, just stick eating in instead of meditating upon God's Word. The, uh, the, uh, the Most Puritans said you should eat in the morning and in the evening. And, uh, you know, modern uh, eaters find this over-scrupulous. Oh, that's too much eating for me. Uh, God gave us mornings and evenings for a reason. Um, find the way through to do it. He uses the illustration, I didn't put it on your outline, uh, of uh, Hannibal and the mountains and uh, that if, there was not a way through the mountains to be found, then Hannibal would make a way through, uh, through the mountains, uh, and that if the heart cannot find the time or uh, the ability to meditate upon God's word, that we should, uh, we should f- make the way. Uh, this is something that is almost always true uh, about the, um, the time or busyness um, um, complaint isn't exactly the word difficulty. Um, we will make the time for the things that we care the most about. And as Americans, we will find the money for the things that we care most about. Um, but we should make it the priority of our hearts to meditate upon God's word, the priority of our day. Uh, A good heart will find or make its way over mountains of difficulties and business to have communion with Jesus Christ. And then uh, he closes that section with some consequences of, whoops, there's a typo of my own. Some consequences of infrequency or lagging. Uh, It makes the soul lose its familiarity with God. It becomes a stranger to us again. Uh, If you have lapsed in uh, in consistency of meditation with Him and you feel like you can't do it because you feel badly about how long it's been and it becomes easier not to, well, know that God is ever gracious, that the cross has not run out of atonement, that the Spirit, who is a seal unto you unto the day of redemption, has not left you or given up on you, that your union with Christ uh, has not um, uh, has not uh, been uh, recalled uh, by God. Just know that when you come to Him, you're going to begin with repentance. You, you ought to begin as uh, uh, as the next uh, section teaches every time with prayer, looking to God for help. 
Uh, well, one of the things that you're going to do then, the, if you are backslidden, or if you have become inconsistent and need to start again, is when you come and pray to God for help the next time, you're going to do so repenting. Uh, you're going to do so embracing his forgiveness in Christ, rejoicing uh, that he has not at all abandoned you uh, and runs and falls on your neck and kisses you. Uh, not just like um, not just like the father with the prodigal uh, in Luke, uh, but like Jacob with Joseph, whom he thought was dead, uh, and sees him and goes running, kisses him. Um, another consequence of uh, infrequency, uh, we get to be out of practice. Uh, and so we come back and we hardly know what we are doing in it. We have to rebuild the skill. Uh, we'll, uh, another consequence, we lose our inertia in the Christian life. Uh, we are not like God, who is not subject to change. We are subject to change. And there is such a thing as the spiritual inertia in walking with the Lord. Um, try to get into the next part now. Steps in beginning effective meditation. Meditation is no help to us apart from the helper with a capital H. In other words, it cannot be a means of grace apart from the God of grace. And so we're going to be treating the Bible as words proceeding from God's mouth, fellowship with him in it. We're going to receive Christ himself as the angel, the messenger of the Lord, the great prophet, the word himself, uh, who is God, God the Son. Uh, uh, and there's a lot there. We don't have time to do the biblical theology behind those verses and what that means for having Christ as your prophet. Uh, but the Spirit in particular, uh, the Lord Jesus has given us to help us in his word. And so don't come to any sort of Bible study without coming to the God of the Bible. Uh, look to him to work by his grace through the means of his grace. Uh, choosing a topic to meditate upon, he, he touches on page 61. Uh, make sure you're meditating on the Bible itself, not just a doctrine that can be found in the Bible. If it can be found in the Bible, meditate upon the text where it's found. Um, the best way to do this is uh, to work straight through the Bible uh, one of the one of the recommendations he gives is that you don't try to take on too much, uh, and there are two good ways to do this, uh, kids. When you're you're doing your devotions, one you can have a set amount that you're going to read, uh, and just kind of make mental or even uh, physical uh, or digital maybe notes as uh, as you go along, uh, and in the set amount that you're going to read, make all those notes, and then when you come to the end of it, go back to the thing that struck you most from uh, some part of that reading. Uh, the other way is you don't actually have to have a set amount. That's not something that the Bible says you have to do. No, you know, it doesn't say one chapter a day, two chapters a day, seven chapters, whatever. Um, you read until you find something that uh, is uh, an important truth, and you realize that it's an important truth again, and you stop there. And you start reflecting 
upon that particular truth before the Lord uh, in the uh, in the ways that are described under C uh, and D here. Uh, that we bring ourselves under the examination of the scripture. We're not just examining scripture to learn things about it, but we are being examined by scripture uh, to have our, uh, our thoughts exposed, our affections exposed, our choices, our behavior exposed by the Bible and interacting with God um, over that. And so it's good for us to identify what is uh, lacking, not only, oops, another one, we don't want to confess sing. Sorry, it was late last night when I did this. Uh, identifying what is lacking is not only useful for confessing sin, of course we want to confess where we haven't been thinking or feeling or acting the way that we ought. And not just for resolving after new righteousness, of course. We should bow to God, just like when you're listening to preaching and you hear something that exposes uh, something or, uh, or uh, sets something before you that you have not uh, been, been doing, and you make that vow to God in your heart as an act of, uh, as an act of worship. Um, so also do in your meditating upon Scripture before him uh, day by day. Uh, but that third part is particularly important that we cast ourselves upon the Lord in a specific way. We all know, I hope, that you don't just begin by faith in the Christian life, that you walk by faith in the Christian life, uh, that you continually express and have experienced this dependence upon him. Well, we're not, we're not even consistent in how we depend upon him. And one of the things that will help you to depend upon him more consistently is to depend upon him more specifically. So as you meditate upon his, his word, if you have some particular thing exposed uh, and you make your, you resolve yourself or purpose after some specific thing, you also depend upon him for that specific thing. Not just, Lord, help me be a better Christian, but Lord, Help me receive my little sister as an assignment from you so that I will desire uh, your uh, grace in her life and not be bitter in my heart, uh, but see uh, difficulty between us as an opportunity to be used of you for building her up. Lord, help me to do that. And then you're... You, you, that concrete specificity becomes something that comes up you know, 13 times by lunch. Uh, and you build that dependence upon the Lord as specificity um, uh, enables consistency. Um, I think C2 is self-explanatory, but would take uh, another 15 minutes to uh, to work through each of those things and how to be motivated. Uh, and then conclude with personal ap application and more prayer. Uh, I think those things are self-explanatory as well. Um, do note uh, under D number two, where he says, without this thought toward application and resolution, 
a believer could ironically find himself going from meditation on Christ's love to angrily yelling at his spouse and kids. Uh, even with this thought towards application and resolution, a believer can find himself going that way. Um, but if we are not resolving towards God uh, and crying out to him for it, uh, then um, uh, then we have no one to, to uh, then we have ourselves to blame for not having made good use of his means as well. Um, meditation is not a thought experiment. Uh, it is a time uh, of planning your life experiment. And then, uh, I don't know, many of you, well, probably no one, uh, none of you are, feel as awkward as I do on phone calls and, uh, and such things, but uh, don't just leave God hanging like you meditate upon his word and you look at your watch and time to quit and just run off. Uh, take, your leave, uh, take your leave of that time of in fellowship with him well. Close with prayer. Thank him for what he's done. Ask him for his help as you, uh, as you go from him. Enjoy his blessing. Uh, you have come to him in Christ. Uh, he has been favorable towards you in Christ. Uh, very similar to what we do at the end of the service, isn't it? That, that we have a prayer in which we kind of tie it all up before God and go out with his blessing. Um, conclude your meditation time as well. All right. Thank you for uh, listening quickly, as it were. Let's pray. Our gracious God and our Heavenly Father, we pray that you would help us to put this into practice, uh, that tonight we would meditate upon your word well. Thank you for the varied and rich diet of your word that we get on these Lord's days. I pray that you would help each one here by your Holy Spirit, that there would be something from your word that he brings home to the mind or the heart in a way that is um, uh, is powerful and that leaves an impression and that you would give them then recall of that when uh, it comes time to close the day, uh, that they might close the day well with meditation upon your word. Uh, help us, O oh Lord, we... Uh, are not just individuals who are out of practice. We are an entire generation, many generations of your church who have had precious little fellowship with you, knowledge of you, walking with you. Have mercy come by your spirit and uh, pour out life-giving water from your word and your spirit upon the dry ground. Uh, and pause there to be growth and fruit again unto our enjoyment of you and to your being glorified in your church, your being glorified in your Son. In whose name we ask it. Amen.